In a week when many sports associations warned that a number of clubs will not be able to survive coronavirus without assistance, this man has a plan to save at least one club. I was rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching into space where it can't not hurt us ever again. And if that doesn't make sense right now, listen to the show. I'm sure you'll understand. This is the Friday Week. Hello. Yes, this is the Friday Week where, in a week when... Uncle Ben's rice says they're moving away from the original branding because of the racist undertones. We're as surprised as this guy. Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben. Call an ambulance! Also this week, the government announced that pubs are going to have to close at 10 o'clock. We catch up with some public opinion. Talking of long winter nights with no social life, Let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Week. Hello, my name is Richard Wheatley, and in the virtual studio with me this week, we have Lucy Kenningham. Hello, Lucy. Hello, everyone who's joining us, wherever you are, especially to the local listeners in the four boroughs of Southwest London. Now, okay, something I've never quite understood. Southwest London extends further than four boroughs. Are, are we only four boroughs in Southwest London? Yeah, to be fair, it, that makes no sense, does it? Yeah, because like, surely we we extend be, as far as mm. you know, Chelsea is Southwest London. Uh, uh, yeah, it is Southwest London as a postcode, but I'm not sure it is really Southwest London. I think it might yeah. identify as West London. Do we cover Richmond? Yes. We do, okay. I think four boroughs, there are only four boroughs in South West London. Okay, uh, fair enough then. I, I, I thought, yeah, I, I, I thought um, uh, Chelsea was South West, but... It is on, it, on the postcode, it is. There's, See, a, there's some I, sort of weird discrepancy. That's what I'd go yeah. by. No, I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion really. But what I'd also say is that um, borders are rarely solid anywhere. Uh, yes, uh, in- including in this current climate, the uh, the shop borders. The shop borders? Yes, the, sh- the shop uh, like does stationery and stuff. Oh. It's, there's a stationery shop called Borders. I'm sure that... Oh, is there? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it... Yeah. I'm sure that I'm 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 not making this up. They're like a chain. It's a like big chain. Borders. Sure. <clears throat> Borders. Are you sure you're like not thinking of Ryland? No, I'm definitely not thinking of that. Uh, anyway, let uh, tweet us. Let us know. Uh, please, please, because this is a absolutely burning debate. If yeah, I'm right at, at this is Riverside. Please tweet yeah. us. Let us know if Borders is actually a shop or if I have just no. I'm no. I'm my sister goes there all. The, Occasionally to... All like, the time. She can't oh, go no, there. All the How time. many times can you go to a stationery shop? No, no, it's, it's, it's like... Well, my sister does art. My sister is an artist. Oh, is she? So, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, so she, she's okay, been in the past to, you know, to sort of get stationery supplies. Maybe it's only for especially arty people. And I didn't do art GCSE, so I'm not included in that group. Nah, okay. Uh, Still I, bitter I... about it. Oh, really? Yeah. My parents made me do a language instead of art. They thought I wouldn't do well enough. What language did you do? French. I like French. No problems with that. But it's not. I did German. I did German. Did you? That is. Yeah. Basically, English with a with with a with a few extra consonants thrown in. Oh, Um, my sister would not agree with that. She does it at university. Um, Ah, right. Yeah. Actually. I found well, you yeah. Actung, actung is attention. You know, just like it, it, it just made sense to me. A lot of it, just sort of the, the words. I couldn't understand it very easily. I couldn't really hear it very well. But I could, I could sort of make myself mostly understood. Uh, mostly though, it was finding English uh finding a way of expressing myself in English, then translating yeah. it word to word into German, saying it, and letting <laughs> them hear me speaking German. Translating it in their head into English, working out what I meant, then yeah. to, then talking to me in English. 
it, it really was more work for them when I spoke German than it was uh, <laughs> if, if I spoke English. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, this, I, I'm quite excited this week because uh, I, I've mentioned before that I've been playing D&D in Dungeons & Dragons in, in lockdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, one of the things you really need when you're doing Dungeons & Dragons is a D20. So it's a 20-sided dice. A die, sorry. 20-sided die. And right. Obviously, I'm gonna try and follow this. Twenty-sided. That is yes. Nuts. Yeah. So it's it, it's basically the most that. sides you can have on a regular regular. How big shape. is this thing? Uh, so what the the ones that most people use are about the same size as a normal die. They're you know, but wow, they're just. I can't imagine what that even. They've got has. a lot of very small triangles, and one side will always come. You know, it always lands flat side down, so it always lands flat side up, and you can see what number you've rolled. However, the, that those sized triangles are very difficult to stick braille on. So yeah, I can imagine because they're uh, so. What we've been using, we've all been using an app, which uh, a D twenty app, which rolls various dice of different sizes, um, and we've been using that. But this week, I got out my Geomags, which Geomags. Are what are they're they? basically they are basically magnetic. They're, they're they're little bar magnets and ball bearings, and you can make structures with it. It's sort of like Meccano or something, but with magnets. Um, and I made you know, uh, a. I I want to call it a tetrahedron, but that's the the four sided. The ah. Uh, I can, I can't think. Ah, oh, it's going to annoy me now. I can't. I can't remember what a twenty sided shape is called. Um, um, I can probably live Google it. Oh yeah, let's live Google 20 it. Twenty-sided shape. Shape. So I made this out Ooh, of geometric and yeah. bearings. Oh, what's it called? It begins with I. Ah. Uh, I'll just tell no. you. Oh no! I, I won't tell you. You're not going to tell me. It's, it's not an. No, I can't tell you. It's not a nice sausage. No. It's an Icosagon. That's totally not how you say it. Ikasagan. Ikasagan. That's not, that's not the name that that's also nothing like the name I was thinking of. So I, a twenty-sided polygon. Ah. Um Okay. Could you look up uh twenty-sided uh dice? Twenty-sided dice shape. Twenty-sided polyhedra dice. Oh, polyhedra is yeah. just multi-headed, maybe. Well, yeah, that's just multi. Uh, Polynomial face. dice. Polynomial no. dice. No, it's still many. I'm sure, there's a. Twenty-sided dice. D twenty dice for Dungeons and Dragons. Yep, that that's the one. But it doesn't say. It doesn't uh, say what, icos, uh, Is that what? Icosahedron. Yeah. Okay, it's I, an icosahedron. I think okay. that is what it is. Yeah. That sounds vaguely more familiar. Unless um, that's. It has to have inscribed Greek letters from the second century on it. Possibly, I don't know, uh, but yeah, it, icosahedron could could does sound vaguely familiar. Um, but yeah, so I, I made one of these out of uh, geomags, which are sort of like so it's, it's quite heavy because it's basically made of magnets and ball bearings. This twenty sided, it's, it's it, it when you get when you get to twenty tiny triangles forming a surf forming a, a a large shape. It's almost spherical. It's not, but it's almost sort of spherical. It's quite sort of round shaped. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I then I did that and then stuck um, braille labels on the sides. I, I, I have these little plastic things that you can plug into the sides, uh, little plastic triangles that you can plug into the sides uh, of shapes that you make with geomags. So I plugged these things in the side and stuck on with blue tack um, little braille labels with numbers uh and i it makes a d20 die so i've now got a a um a huge like this is uh i'm i measured it i think it's about 7 centimeters high uh oh. when it's sat on the table so that's fairly big for a die and it's you know it as i say it's made of metal and metal ball bearings and magnets so it is fairly heavy uh, but yeah, you wouldn't want to be throwing that around the room, would you? No, you suddenly especially wouldn't. after a few drinks, which I feel Dungeons Dragons involves. 
did he as it, as it, as it like it's not solid it's you know reasonably well held together by magnets but it's not you know you got to be careful rolling it so i have to i've put down a few mats uh, on my desk so that it, as it rolls it sort of rolls on something soft rather than on uh the de the hard wooden desk because it would just break itself apart not rolling it normally um but yeah it, and it works it, it's it and it is fair because there may be some very slight um like it it hasn't been made with scientific precision exactly i i stuck it i stuck it together with blue tack that you know i didn't measure out each lump of blue tack that i was using uh or anything like that uh and i i stuck on labels which i cut out myself they might be different sized labels they might have milligram differences in weight which could make it unfair except for the fact that the whole yeah, thing that weighs unfair. the whole thing weighs so much that if there is any you know unfairness in the milligram range it's sort of totally and utterly irrelevant um so yeah that's, that's something that i'm quite excited about is I'm, i made a i mean braille friendly yeah role-playing role with an icosahedron D20 made out of magnets is possibly one of the nerdiest things I have ever said I've done. That is very nerdy. Is there scope for you to turn this into some sort of business uh, and sell no. them? No. No? No. Because they, I mean, as Small I say... Small market? They, 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 they don't, they aren't, they aren't hard-wearing. Okay, I mean, Potentially, fair. I could... Novelty uh, factor. Well... You know, potentially I could sell sort of, I, I could find a way to get these plastic things and uh, have them made with Braille on and then ship out, you know, make a deal with Geomag and start selling batches of Geomags with these tiles so people can make their own ready Brailled. That, that could work in theory. Yeah, don't see but why not. It, that that really would be very niche. Um, I think it would I'd be niche. Chance, yeah, <laughs> I'd have a better chance of um, finding someone who makes giant dice that are sort of ten centimeter tall dice, and getting them to braille on their you know, uh, print their make their dice with braille ready printed onto it would be a, a, a better plan. And they, it would be giant dice. I, I'm talking giant, big things, but yeah. So that's, that's that's my exciting news of the week. Anything exciting at your end? Um, I feel like many exciting. Yes. Um, the bookshop's been so. Listeners, I work at a bookshop, uh, also a beer shop, also does live events, um, also is a co-working space. Just drop us a line if you want to get involved. Books and beer they shop. They basically do everything. We do everything. Um, Although, obviously, now we're you doing less. You can drink and read a book whilst watching a live concert and co-working. You can. Yeah, you literally can. Um, you literally can. Literally. Literally. Yes. Literally. Yeah. That is what I meant to say. Um, no, 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 anyway. no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm making a pun. No, I'm not correcting you. I'm making a pun. Oh, I'm always happy to be correct. Okay, fair enough. It's a pun. It's a pun. Um... Yes, so we've had we had some live music last Thursday, very successful. We had a talk last Wednesday, um, also Ooh. very successful. Um, then we had a festival on Saturday. Well, it wasn't ours; it was the whole of the streets that the bookshop is on in Bermondsey, Bermondsey Street Festival. Um, we had nice. a live DJ. Um, it was a rave. It was a it was a legal rave. Yeah. A, a legal rave, not a illegal. legal rave. Yes, yes. in the that's daytime. What, that's the troubles with the word security illegal. there. If you say something is a legal thing, it sounds like you're saying illegal. True. Yeah. A legal thing. You've got to be very a legal. That's why words are so important, as yeah. is pronunciation. Yeah, and words are important because they're written down in books, and books are available at your bookshop. Your yeah, bookshop for a very important. good price. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. very boots. reasonable price. Yeah, booze is also important. It is, but anyway, now I'm in charge of because um, the owner has gone away for seven weeks to do the Camino de Santiago. You know that famous pilgrimage walk in across oh, the mountains in Spain. Sounds awesome. Yeah, to, to the uh, Santiago, 
Santiago de Compostela. Exactly. Yeah. Was that a bit of a Spanish accent I heard? Well, if you're going to say sp- Spanish words, you've got to say it in a Spanish accent. You can't... You no, can't just, you can't just go around being like, oh yeah, like, I had a croissant for breakfast. Well, yeah, okay. Can. Cro- croissant is, is a word that has now... Oh, you do it for croissant time. too. You, you do it's do croissant. it. <laughs> That's a bit French. No, Not no, no. pronouncing the T. I don't, I don't go... Croissant. It's croissant. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you anglicise it a bit when it comes to the English language. But if you're going to say, you know, um, you can't just go... Santiago de Compostela. You, you call it Santiago de Compostela. It, it, it's how it's pronounced. I wouldn't. I yeah. I wouldn't go to Yorkshire and, uh, you know, tell, tell them. I don't know that they're pronouncing whip it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. Whip I'm it. starting. <laughs> try, I'm trying to look for something to say, and I'm realizing that it all sounds racist against Yorkshire. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna avoid this because yeah. there might be some Yorkists who are. Uh, Staying in the local area, and even uh, if they're not, the there's no need to be racist. And, and, they, even and if, if the they haven't, then they <laughs> should. They should on. move down south because uh, London, yeah. South of London in particular, is the best. Um, but yes, uh, I mean your 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 boss wandering off down uh, off to Spain isn't the only one who's travelling uh, in weird ways this week. Have you have you seen the news about um, uh, Wales? And uh, the Wrexham uh, no. is so they got they, they so Hollywood stars Ryan Reynolds and Rob Mckel Hen Mckel Henny I don't know I don't. Wow, McHale that was not Henny. easy for you to pronounce. I, it's it's yeah. M C. Apostrophe A E L H E N E Y McKelhenny. McKelhenny. I think. No, sorry, I can't see it. It's got an E Y at the end. It's got. Okay, that's confusing. McKelhenny. Yeah, McKelhenny. Rob McKelhenny. Anyway, he was in Fargo, Um, and obviously uh, Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool. Uh, they they are both try they are together trying to buy Wrexham Football Club. Right. Why is that to save it from impending doom? Uh, well, it's so, sort of like that. It's been owned by the fans since two thousand and eleven. Uh, okay. By sort of consortium of. And that's know, not fans. normal for football, is it? Not not very normal, but it's not totally unheard of. Uh, right. There there are there are quite a few clubs around who have been sort of bought out by uh, large numbers of fans as a sort of a conglomerate and then they sort of, uh, so it's owned by the fans when I say it's owned by the fans I think there's a, like a thousand or two who have stakes in this sort of uh, joint venture that bought the bought, bought the club um, but these two are now buying it we no one really knows why but there is something which he, which Ronald uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted. So this, I'm going to take you back now to 2012. Excellent. Uh, take me back. When, when someone tweeted about doing a life drawing class with, and someone sort of said, "Oh, did you enjoy that?" And and she then tweeted back saying, "Well." Uh, he 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 wasn't particularly young. He was in his forties, and which I think I still, you know, that's fairly young. Uh, yeah. he, he was mid. They they said he's middle aged, in his forties, I think. Uh, so not all that great. Wouldn't mind if it was uh, Ryan Reynolds, though. You know, hashtag something or other. Uh, then the other and the other and this conversation went on for a bit with tweeting backwards and forwards about uh, stuff, and then the other one it sort of finished with one of them saying. Well, you know, keep dreaming. You never know when Ryan Reynolds will turn up in Wrexham. And fast forward to 2020, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, this week, and uh, he, he tweets out a reply to the last message, which was saying, you never know when Ryan Reynolds will turn up in Wrexham. Literally in 2012. With his own message, which, which, in, which, from, which is from 2012. He retweets that message from 2012 yesterday, or Wednesday, this week, with a message saying, I've been waiting eight years to reply to this message. Oh my gosh. 
That's incredible. Uh, and and he, apparently he, he is planning on buying Wrexham Football Club. I, I just... I don't... I don't know what's going on with the story. I don't know if he has a personal connection to Wrexham or if he has just literally seen this message and just gone... Would well, you I remind better me buy who the Ryan club. Reynolds is? Ryan Reynolds is a Hollywood actor, uh, and so is. Is Rob. he American? He's American. I, I believe they're both American. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. If you've what, have you watched Deadpool? No. The Marvel. Have you? you, no. do you have you heard of Deadpool, the Marvel franchise? Mm. You've heard of Deadpool? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay, he's uh, he's a sort of anti-superhero. I've not actually watched these yet, okay. but I really want to. Yeah. Um, so essentially. He's he's a superhero, but his superpower is pretty much that he knows he's in a book. He right. knows he's in a comic. So he will turn to the audience and make a comment to the reader or to you know in the film. Okay, to the that's audience. cool. That's very postmodern. Uh, sort of, yeah, exactly. It, it is sort of, it's quite a sort of postmodern idea that yeah. his character is a and uh, yeah, he gets sort of superpower from knowing that well this is how the story's going to work, so I'll just go there instead. And, yeah. Um, oh, cool. I quite like that. And it, he's he. I think it's it's a Marvel film that's rated eighteen. I think so. It does get fairly. It's one of the they're sort of more adult ones. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he tends to get fairly violent and stuff. But yeah, he, so this is this is Deadpool, and uh, he is yeah he's buying Wrexham. Wow. Sort of sticking with the sort of the arts and media side. Yes. Uh, have you seen the story about the Welsh village? That couldn't get internet. Yes. Was it Welsh? I thought it was French. I think you're just obsessed with Wales. I... Let's check. Let's check. I... Do you want to bet on it? I'd bet on yes. it. Right. Yes. I'm not sure what we're betting here. Uh, okay, you're right, it's Wales. Damn it. Okay, How in that I... case, you lose, you lose the quiz this week. Okay, that's fine with me. You're the only competitor, but you still lose. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Ruin my day, but whatever. At least you get uh, some yeah, glory, so, so, Richard. So, so an the, old this... TV had been having problems for 18... And Sorry, an old TV. I meant to say an old village. Sorry, you explained this. That was actually professor. Yeah, so a, a, there was a Welsh village. Thank you. Which, for the last 18 months or so, has been struggling with its internet every day the internet crashes and engineers have put in new uh you know fiber broadband and stuff trying to sort of you know get it sorted and everything they do just it the internet just keeps crashing um and they they had to end up wandering around with this sort of signal detector before they worked out that it was this one house which had an old second-hand television which was producing a signal which basically crashed the internet for the entire village. And so every, every day he would switch on yeah. his TV at 7 o'clock in the morning and the internet would crash. I mean, it's weird that he was turning it on at 7am every day. I don't know. You know, he switches on. Think... So Someone's got to watch breakfast television, right? Someone. If he may be the only person, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. come on. I mean, yeah. I, I think the, pro- the thing, actually, my thoughts with that was that, to me, it sounded like the... TV itself was broken, but I think that that's not true. That was a that just felt like it was true. No, I think it's you just know? really old. It's just an old TV. It's not actually broken yet. And it was just trashing an entire town's internet. Uh, shows the you know it's, it was a luddite television. Yeah, I mean the part that really didn't surprise me was that he didn't want to be identified. Imagine oh, no, I de- being I identified. Would. I really be identified like. No. Yeah, sorry, guys. Hands up. I. <laughs> it, it wasn't intentional. I promise. It wasn't like obviously it wasn't intentional. But I mean, you could literally. Be... Admit, it's funny. It's funny, but I'm not sure I'd want to be known as the culprit. Although I suppose if it's a village, they probably do know who's turning a television on at seven a.m. every day. An old television. Yeah, they, 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 it'll be. It'll be. They news probably will be around that village. Yeah. The news will be around that village in in you know three seconds flat. It's just everyone outside that village who doesn't know who he is will now still not know who he is. Or if, she. Yeah, or, yeah, you're right. Um, but And what would the nation do if they knew the name of this person? Do you think they would cyberbully them, uh, send hate mail, or, well, no, they wouldn't or cyber, not they care? Wouldn't cyber, they, they wouldn't cyberbully this person because he keeps switching off the internet. <laughs> they, can't, they, can't, they can't reach him. Well, they can now. 
because hasn't he said that he? I think it was a he. Um, I, think might, I think it was described. I think as a it man. was described as a man. Yeah, I think he said that he will not be using that television anymore. True, but yeah. you got to think about the fact that he's not made the connection for eighteen months. So I'm reckoning he's not even bothering with the internet. Fair point. Or maybe he had different time slots uh, for different activities. Yeah, which is actually years. would be a method that I think I could learn a lot from. We're all guilty yeah, so of multitasking. Television, 7 o'clock till 8.30. Yeah. Uh, then shower from 8.30 till 9. Yeah. Then uh, <laughs> then you have radio from 9.30, uh, from 9 until uh, 9.15. Uh, you just want to listen to that little... Bit of little a random snippet. time, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you, 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 that's, that's, that's just, that, that's basically your, uh, virtual commute. Virtual so, you know, he commute, always, yeah. He, he always got in the car and, you know, listened to the radio on his way in to, to work, but, you know, he's, he's, so he just listens to the radio just to pretend he's commuting, uh, and then he gets into work and sits down at the computer, uh, oh, no, he's not got a computer. Oh, okay. No. no. Uh, <laughs> then he sits down at his desk and starts writing letters. Yes, that, that's, that's that's much more what... in tune with how I imagine this man to be. Wrote right, no, writing poetry. He's oh, a poet. poetry. Oh, you think? I'm I'm gonna say he's a poet. Uh, I can't he, help he... thinking he's connected to the um, the incident with the goats. Do you remember that? Maybe, maybe, maybe he. Well, I, I, what you reckon he brought the goats down? I just feel like or... he might have played a hand in that. Just sort of laid a trail of uh, I don't know clothing for them to. Yeah. Much their way along. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps it was a rival village. He sent them there. Wales is a, a wild and dangerous place. A lawless land. Uh, guys, stick stick, stick with the civilised world of London. Um, well, Wales it is, is but it also... More and more, more and more like the cowboy lands. It is, but it also ev- has more rules than England. Every sheep for himself. They have more rules in England at the moment. Would you, you agree do. with that? Yeah, they they do. Um, I think they've got a, they've got a slight more restriction on things like mixing in homes. I so believe you s- may not be able to mix in homes in Wales. In Wales, yeah, yes. Whereas I think in England you still can. You can, yeah, for the time for being. Now. And actually, uh, not everywhere. Obviously, we're speaking from a southwest Londoner's. Yes, yes, point this of is southwest London and southeast London. Well, actually, well, that's the thing. Is anyway. that's the thing is. Uh, you know, Wales and Scotland are fairly small places compared to England. So when you, you know, yeah, the, the, the fact that there are restrictions, there are probably restrictions across large sections of England, but they're not across the majority of England. Um, but there are probably as many people, I don't know, probably as many people locked down uh, by extra restrictions in England as there are in Wales. Yeah, I mean, not, I think it's one in five in, in in Britain, uh, in England, pardon, who are it's locked down. That might that might be wrong. That might under be additional lockdown. Yeah. Interesting. Sticking again with uh, the uh, media and arts, uh, did you watch the Emmys? No, no. no was the, that the one the where Awards. they had people out? I'm not sure this is true or whether this was a... Um, whether this is fake news or not, whether they had people waiting outside the windows and doors of people who may or may not have won with an Emmy and then either walking away... Okay, this is definitely not what happened. Either walking away if if they lost or or giving it to them if they won. I hadn't actually heard it. I I, I only saw... uh, I didn't watch any of it at all or hear any news about it at all. All, Apart from this one thing, which is that... um, they had they had first of all, okay two things they had cardboard cutouts of people in the audience. Oh, did uh, they? Which I think distracted Jimmy Kimmel at one point because he saw himself in the audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, then, of whose face were these cardboard cutouts? Well, I think just various people, celebrities and stuff. I presume they don't have the problem because uh, they they tried this a while ago in uh, Australia for sports stadiums, where you could have your picture. Uh, put onto a cardboard cutout. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, and then uh, a whole load of people submitted pictures of Dominic Raab, Harold Shipman, um, no, sorry, uh, Dominic Cummings, uh, yeah. sort of various sort of politicians, famous people, celebrities, but also some people who 
rather unsavory characters appeared in these foot, uh, Aussie rules stadiums. Stadium. Yeah. But um, it. So what happened was Jimmy Kimmel um, was preparing a. You know, got got had pulled out the, an envelope which was you know the envelope for which had the results. Um, you know, written inside it. So then the person who was announcing this thing uh, took the... Em- so first of all, Jimmy Kimmel uh, disinfected it with some alcohol rub um, and made a big show of doing that, then sort of opened it, handed over the, the, the contents to Jennifer Aniston. Uh, then he threw the envelope in the buck into a bin and then set fire to it for good measure. Unfortunately, wow. it turns out that uh, alcohol gel rub burns quite well. Oh, no. What and, happened? How's well, Je- Jennifer Aniston then spent the next five minutes sort of spraying it with a fire extinguisher, trying to put it out. Really? And on live every, television? And, on live television. And she kept putting <laughs> it out, and it kept springing back up again. Oh, and my gosh. And she put it out again. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Jennifer Aniston had to fight a fire live on stage. Didn't... No one came on to help her. You'd think they would. they wouldn't want... Jennifer Aniston anywhere near a fire. Aren't those well, I celebrities' I don't, I don't know life insurance? Yeah, hair products, etc. I don't know, but yeah, uh, that that. So that's that's what I was focusing on. I didn't. Wow. I hadn't heard about the idea that there were people standing behind doors waiting to sort of find out if they won the prize or not. Um. Yeah, I can't confirm that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'd I love that. If that was a thing. That there's. You know, I do love that idea. Yeah. Three people behind a door, uh, behind separate doors. And you know, one of the doors just opens as as the name is read out, and someone just appears there and sort of comes in. Um, and behind the other two, the two just look disappointed and just turn around and slowly walk away, looking dejected. Yeah, exactly. Um, at, at which point, it then starts raining, and uh, Colin Firth is you know soaked through, uh, looking dejected as he walks home in the rain. He was born to do that. Let's be real. He, yeah, he, that's, he was. We've seen he it many a was. time. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was that news. Uh, anything else caught your eye? Well, uh, what about that story about uh, Dominic Robs? Was it his his bodyguard or yes. anyway, someone on his team left a gun on a plane? I just yes. think. Again, another one. Like it was, it was David Cameron's bodyguard who did it a few months ago. Yeah, but his was in a toilet, and I kind of think that's a bit less bad because at least, you know, you have to take it off. I mean, I understand. I don't know. I think that's more reasonable. Yeah, you I mean, it's still unreasonable. But you know, yeah, exactly. Um, but all, all it was so dangerous. I just think. I mean, I have you a, you know, I have a certain number of responsibilities in my job, but. Leaving a gun hanging around, they're like, come on, they're not like the mafia. They can't have that many guns. It's just, I just think, what's wrong with these guys? It's, your gun is your job. Yeah. What are you doing leaving it on the loose seat? Your your whole whole, career revolves around, you know, carrying a gun and being responsible and being aware of the world around you and your subject. And that no one leaves... Uh, unattended weaponry in places where someone could weaponry, make an yeah. attack. Like, yeah. this is this is this is what it's. This is your job. What are you doing? I just can't imagine being so frivolous with a gun. That's the part that's really disturbing. Is that these guys have treated guns like it's just a, a mobile phone, or you know, I mean, a packet of minstrels. Okay. I mean, what, you just... what human in the twenty first century do you know who would leave their mobile phone on a plane? Uh, I can think of people a... will leave. People will leave their guns. People will leave their children. <laughs> people will uh, abandon cars, but they will not abandon their phones. Yeah, good point. You're right. They probably won't. <laughs> Which is what makes this even worse. Yes. Why? Why is I your bet gun... he didn't forget his phone. No, he didn't. He was yeah. probably he was probably texting as he walked off the plane. Probably, yeah. Probably. You know, you you land, you turn off airplane mode, and yeah. even though it says, even though it says not to turn off airplane mode until you've left the plane and got into the main building, you probably, you know, probably the moment he landed, he flicked it off and you know, started playing Angry Birds or I don't know, you don't need internet for that. Uh, Farm Town. 
Um, farm yeah, Town. Just, What's Farm Town, Richard? Some some sort of Facebook game, I think. It's Farmville. Farmville. And no one plays it anymore. Oh. You're out of date. I'm so out of date. I basically am... Uh, I, I basically am a 100-year-old man. Well, well, I know what you could be doing uh, in a few months when they start building I could train as Captain Thomas Wolf. Actually, uh, on the subject of uh, older gentlemen, um, have you, have, have you <laughs> seen the story about Tony Williams? Um, uh, no. Tell me no, more. So, um, this, is, this is quite a sad story, but also quite a uh, uh, sort of it has a happy ending um, excellent he he basically he, uh he became a widower just before lockdown went came in and uh-huh. so he's been in isolation he's 75 years old and he's been in isolation uh you know and he's basically not been able to speak to anyone for days at a time uh and so he you know he he got took started handing people cards when he was out walking saying you know Please, I'm really feeling the loneliness. Yeah. You know, call me, email me. And then he put a poster uh, in his window saying, I am, you know, it. I, I'm really struggling with the silence and the, the emptiness. And then a newspaper sort of picked up this story and it's gone round the world and now he gets thousands of emails uh, a day from people just wanting to chat. And he wow. gets phone calls from people just wanting to chat. And uh, he's a physicist. He's or he's a retired physicist. So they're fi- oh, scientists. He's one of your guys. Wanting, yeah, wanting to talk science with him. Uh, he's got people who are sort of wanting to chat to him about you know what it's like to lose someone um, through uh, through cancer and you know sort of you know, yeah. So he's he's got people sort of wanting to talk to. Him. So he's now you know flooded by people wanting to talk to him just because of this poster that you put up. And I think it's brilliant. That is uh, brilliant. And, you know, the, the world rallying around this guy, yeah, um, and it, you know, it, so it, it is shame a they can't story, spread but... that um, spread that communication out a little bit. Like he probably doesn't need thousands, but I'm sure there are plenty of other lonely mm. people. In fact, uh, yes. Esther Ranson had a, um, you know, she founded Childline and she's had oh, a yes. silver line. It's a um, like a hotline for eight for older people, basically. Who she's she's into protecting uh, older people from loneliness because obviously. Many people suffer from it, and it's really dangerous. Um, yeah, and sad. She's basically she's bookending the uh, uh, support ages. Exactly, ages. exactly. Middle aged people don't really care about those guys. Yeah, um, they can do whatever they themselves. want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the ugly world of the, of life, um, but no. So she put out a plea to call rather than text, especially older people. Yes, she did that on the Today program on Monday. Um, so, do you call people, Richard? Is what I wanted to ask, rather than text. Uh, I, I I was emailing people, which tends to have a better response than texting. Um, and I did. I was calling people at the start of lockdown, and I might start doing that again. Sure. Uh, as as we move towards. Are you calling lockdown. it lockdown two point or not? No, not yet. Right. Um, and I don't think it's going to be as, it's not going to be as tight a lockdown as it was last time. We're not going to have uh, sort of orders out for people over the age of 75 to be isolating themselves and shielding. Um, but I think a lot of it, them might be doing that. A lot of them might start doing that. And, you know, it's going to be a case of, yeah, finding people who are shielding and isolating sort of voluntarily and sort of getting that communication to them, uh, going and talking to them over the phone or uh, through the window at a distance. Um, yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting that support to people who need, who need it. Uh, Do you prefer being phoned to being texted? Do you feel the love more with a phone call? I think I do. Uh, but I, I will say one of the, the, the sort of overwhelming response I got when I was phoning my uh, elderly relatives who were shielding yeah. was uh oh hello uh yes yeah hi uh what what, what is this about it's sort of <laughs> surprise and sort of like i i i, I, I they, they weren't quite uh sort of it, their voice wasn't quite saying are you trying to get my good book before i die um oh, but god it, 
No, it, it wasn't that, but it, it was sort of a, a slight sort of, because haven't, you haven't called me before. Why, why are you calling me now? Um, okay. And I was sort of saying, uh, you know, so I, and, and, you know, I, but it, what was quite good was having this show. Sounds like shock uh, to me. <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah, sort of shock, but if having this show, it was quite good. I've managed to sort of, I, I sort of say to them, well, actually, I'm looking for interesting stories from, you know, the start of lockdown. Um, has, what, what's been going on with you? Yeah. Uh, I've got a radio show to do and I, I'm looking for interesting stuff. Um, and, you know, then they, you know, the, you know I, I heard stories from various people. Uh, my, one of my, uh, my great aunt's husband, so my great uncle, uh, got himself in uh, a little bit of trouble because he, he said to one of their neighbours, um, you know, how are you managing in, in lockdown uh, with the, you know, the isolation and shielding, and she then said, "I'm not over seventy. Ooh, what age was uh, she? And so, so I, I think she was probably sort of mid sixties, mid sixties, I think. So she she then was go, you know mortified that he had thought she yeah. was uh, in the shielding category, Ooh. Uh, and so suddenly you know they, they had sort of black blotted their blotted their book with the. Uh, uh, yeah. Papers. One so <clears throat> I've heard a lot of people going around calling uh the age group that are the baby boomers boomers as an insult. So this opens right. up a whole new category of insults. Shielder. Doesn't Shielder. quite have the same effect, well, but it doesn't no. Seems to be really Funny. nasty. Boomer boomer is sort of saying you you had life while it was booming and yeah. now no, uh, <laughs> it's all screwed up for the younger generations. Is what is what the implication is. I think yeah, Shielder is not really much of an accusation. Yeah. No, her, the, you the, lonely person. Yeah, you, you poor How vulnerable you old yeah. No, How the, dare you be vulnerable and infirm. Ugh. Uh, no, that that is not a good way to be doing it. And also, yeah, the moral them, levels aren't who, very good there, are they? Who are shielding aren't vulnerable and infirm. Uh, yeah, they, true. Yeah, they, they are seventy fives aren't necessarily vulnerable or infirm. No, they they well, they are vulnerable to the vi- the virus. In fairness, they they're young, Most fit, likely. and healthy. Uh, yeah. as far as they're concerned. Uh, yeah, and it's but it's just it's the statistics. Yeah, um, it makes it makes them very slightly more vulnerable. So I think you know that. You know, I, I I certainly won't be um, uh, running up to my my relatives who are over seventy five and sort of uh, happily coughing on them and going out Licking the pub them. and going back yeah. to the yeah. But I I'm not as concerned about some of my elderly relatives as I am about some of my younger relatives who have uh, you know conditions who maybe over overweight overweight or have diabetes or sure. Um, are male, yeah. Because yeah, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, it's uh, been a gift a all man, your life, and now it's a curse. And now it's a curse. Uh, uh, I mean, none, none of my relatives uh, are male, black, black or Asian minority. But that's another thing that you know is a significant, uh, very significant, factor, and we yeah. still don't know why. It's very odd. Um, well, but yeah. yeah. But this isn't the place to talk about that in depth. But yeah, um, but yeah. So let, let's let's just uh, move on. We've got not, not got much time left, but uh, I just wanted to do a little, just talk about uh, Justice Ruth Ginsburg. Yes. Yes. Who's the died? Uh, the shining light of uh, the Democrat, uh, the, the the apple of the Democrat eye. Yeah. Um, has died. She was uh, a, a sort of talisman for. I don't want to call any area of American politics left. No, because it's pretty. It's not. It sort of, it, she's liberal. As as I think they would say yeah, she's, she's yeah. liberal. Yeah, of of um, the 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 liberal uh, political spectrum. Um, you know, very much in uh, sort of a force of nature and behind things like abortion and uh female rights um and so it now makes a very interesting situation in America where Donald Trump may be able to appoint a third yeah i, think I can't believe how many cuz it's 
like they they've been dropping off like flies while he's uh, been or you know, retiring or whatever uh, while he's been in office, uh, and or well one of them, one of them, one one of them died before uh, during Obama's era, at which point the Republicans blocked Obama's uh, attempts to appoint a new member of the. Uh, Supreme Court. So, should, 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 should just say, um, Ruth Ginsburg was one of the s- judges on the Supreme Court in America. There are nine judges, and it is up to the president to nominate uh, someone as for for the, uh, the for the Supreme Court, and it does end up being quite political because the liberals will nominate people who are in favour of things like uh, the right to have an abortion or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe ones who have supported Black Lives Matter or something. They'll, they'll support people who have made judgments in the past that are relevant to liberal ideals. Republicans will do the same, but in the opposite direction. So, um, at the moment, I think at the start of Trump's administration it was it was like five three or something in favor of uh the lib- the sort of traditionally what you might view as liberal supporting uh judges and it's you know then he appointed one to make it five four mm. uh, then another one either retired or uh died so he then made it five four the other way and this could make it six three if he gets to appoint this person, yeah. the, the, sorry, the Democrats will be trying to block this. And uh, it, it sort of, you know, whether he manages to get it through before the election is going to be interesting. If he doesn't get it through before the election, then, and he loses the election, there's a possibility he still might get it through before he leaves office. Yeah. Which, you know, would the make the Democrats, uh, the so the Liberals, ex- uh, yeah, no, I'm right. Democrats. Democrats. Sorry, yeah, the, sorry. Yeah. I get me. it's so difficult. Liberals and Le- Democrats and Liberal Democrats uh, <laughs> are sort of separate things. But the Democrats will be obviously very upset because, you know, Republicans blocked them for an entire year of Obama's administration, and now they're going to rush it through, try and get it through within uh, a couple of months, what, yeah. even when, even before. Uh, you know, e- even if Trump has actually been elect- uh, voted out, uh, which has not happened yet, so you know it could be that he's elected again, and then we have four more years of Trump, and then he's totally and utterly within his right to appoint whoever the hell he likes. For sure, um, and I'm sure he will. Uh, also, just I, okay, I just want to put, finish on this story. Yes, uh, which is uh, China. Uh, committing to carbon neutrality. Yes, by 2060. Yes. Which, they, you know, I mean, it does seem... It's long. It's a, it's a long-term thing. It uh, does, but, but it seems on... realistic, in fairness. Yeah. And Often the EU to... are saying by 2030, and you just think, that's 10 years, guys. It's 10 years. Yeah, you, you're going to have to go fairly fast on that. Yeah. Um, but the, China are saying they're going to peak their carbon emissions by 2030 at the latest. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting sort of wording. So this means that which they means they're still will... growing it, right, till 2030. Yeah, and so then it's, it's still grow growing. Back. It's still growing. And they, they you know, the demand is growing. And so uh, the demand for their manufacturing is growing. So they, they can't avoid growing their carbon emissions. But they will have peaked it by 2030. And then they will reduce it for the next 30 years and have it carbon neutral by 2060. Um, one, one thing that's quite good about chi- the Chinese system is they're not, it's not going to be many changes of government. So not going to be too many changes of policy, hopefully between that's now and true. then. You never know what will happen, uh, but that seems to never be know true, what will yeah. happen. Uh, so, but you know, it, it's quite difficult in Britain. You, you have one government who makes a, a policy and then, you know, change of, change of uh prime minister through election or through uh you know party politics and suddenly priorities shift but uh with the chinese government 
it's likely to be fairly consistent government for a few years. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's some quite good news coming out of China. Yeah. Uh, and it, it does mean that they're sort of, it's another piece of them shifting towards trying to take the centre ground, which America is leaving open. That's true. They're, they're, yeah. They're sort of trying to fill that void, which America is currently leaving yeah. for the taking. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good point. Um, they're trying to be that com- the, the country who small countries turn to. There's a lot of countries who are turning to China because uh, America isn't showing any interest in supporting them. China's giving away free stuff left, right and centre. Um, yeah. Huawei is you know, practically installing 5G in certain countries for free almost. Yeah. Which gives them a lot of gives them a lot of leeway, a lot of control. Uh, they've had a lot of diplomats turning up at places around the world, while America has been reducing the number of diplomats they have around the world. Um, they're they're sort of taking the lead in climate. Yeah. So you know, America is it, turning its back on. Yeah. Turning its back on. So it's going to be interesting. Um, the and new. We will certainly see how that goes. Yeah, we will. And you know. But sadly. I mean, well, it's. Good. I was going to say it's. It's good for them, you know, announcing this in the midst of while well, everyone's thinking about the pandemic as well, because ov- obviously a lot of countries uh, have had to put a bit of a pause on uh, other projects. Yeah. However important. So yeah, good to hear exactly. that coming but we, out. Of China. But we. But we. But we need it to the recovery to be focused around uh, green yeah. industries and stuff. Um, but yes, yeah, so Tally, that is that is all we have time for this week. Okay, so, it's been good. Uh, so yeah, it's, been, it's it's I think we've yeah it's been been a, we've been a bit different this week. Uh, we've tried something a bit a little bit different. I hope you liked it at home. Um, I quite enjoyed it, sort of having a little bit more of a chat rather than a quiz. But you know, with one one competitor, it makes it like a bit of an awkward quiz. Uh, so we decided to go with something slightly different. And yeah, as I say, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but Uh, From me, Richard Wheatley, and from Lucy Cunningham, goodbye. Goodbye. The Friday Week is produced and presented by me, Richard Wheatley. It starred Lucy Cunningham as a special guest and was a blindingly obvious production for Riverside Radio.